Hey everyone, this is Julio Vasquez. I'm a student and app developer of Andro's 8 Launcher, and you are listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp, and it's my job to help you as indie app developers, or if you're wanting to become an app developer, I do this by going around and getting some of the best, most inspiring uh, startup founders and app developers, and uh, just people that can really entertain us and and inspire us from their own journeys. And so today, it's with great pleasure that I found uh, the creator and founder of just an absolutely awesome app and something, uh, someone with such an interesting story. His name name is uh, Nate Miholovic, and he is the founder of XS App. So if you go and check out xsapp.co, that's xsapp.co, you'll see a beautiful website where uh, a lot of information on there about uh, what Nate's getting up to. Nate, it's a warm welcome to you on the App Guy podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. It's wonderful that you joined us. And what it would be great to do is just start off with a few minutes by just telling us a little bit about what you're getting up to there at XS and, and how actually you came about with the idea. Sure. Um, let's see, the idea came about, uh, hmm, must have been a couple of years ago. I'm an I'm an avid uh, surfer and, and mountain biker. Um, I grew up, you know, the mountain biking was born in the Bay Area, just uh, just north of San Francisco in Marin on Mount Tamalpais, and there's a great little surf culture here as well. And so, having grown up doing uh, those things, the people who participate in those activities are just really generally very very passionate people. And because of that, the the founders and I really wanted to capture that in a, in an application and give people a place where they could not only share really great content, which they're doing now, but to actually be able to share content and then be able to discover commerce, uh, you know, or you know, the different items that people are actually using in that content, uh, and then make a purchase based upon that. So one thing that you'll see when you go out to the beach or if you go into you know, the mountain is that everybody's always talking about different gear and they're talking about the latest session they had, all those things. And giving people a place to actually do that and an environment to do that on the phone is really what we were going after. Um, and something like Instagram didn't really do exactly what they need. And something like Pinterest was really just the, the the commerce aspect, really just the buying aspect. So we really tried to kind of merge those two worlds into one app, and that's what we spent you know a lot of last year building, and and what people are using today. Well, that is beautiful. And first of all, you're bringing up all these wonderful memories. I am an ex surfer. I've got a big uh, fin board chop, fin chop on my left leg. Uh, oh, I, boy. I spent uh, uh, when I finished uni, I ended up going. Um, around the world and I uh, on the on the way to uh, Australia 
Uh, I was going to spend uh, a year and a half over there. I looked at the map and I saw a place called Surfers Paradise in Australia. Mm-hmm. So I went to live yep. there, live by the beach. And uh, I was a pathetic surfer, but I loved the idea of the lifestyle. <laughs> and uh, so that that's why, you know, maybe that's where I get my passion from. That's why I, I was really interested when you said that surfers tend to have a lot of passion about life and uh, the stuff they're doing. They do. And so, um, so in, just explain a little bit more then about the app. I think I'd love to learn um, why it is then. If I'm a surfer or, or an adrenaline junkie or a mountain biker, all these different uh, wonderful uh, activities, are you saying that I'm a certain type of person and therefore I, I want this app to because I, I'm part of that culture, that scene, that community? Yes, but it, it's it's a little bit more than that, and and. The the so the, the apps that exist today and and the best analogy is that we use is is this like when TV first came out, there were only a handful of channels, right? People only watched a few things because that was all that was available, and it feels the same way today. Um, there are really only a few big channels in which people use to connect with to connect with each other online. Um, that's changing, and you know, now there's ESPN and there's ESPN2 and ESPN3 and all these other channels, uh, Fuel TV. There are a lot of other channels that are dedicated to a very specific thing, um, like the cooking channel, whatever it may be. And the same thing, you know, we hope and is happening and are trying to facilitate to happen on the phone. So that you'll be able to actually go to some, you know, one app and that is the place where all of your, you know, action supports content lives or all just your sports content lives, and all that commerce um, can be packaged into one application. So the hope is that you're going there to be entertained every day uh, just based upon you know different action sports, things that you're excited about, um, and that you're actually connecting with people on a much different level and a deeper level than just you know one-to-one I know you. That it's much more about I know you, and I'm really excited about what you're doing and what you're sharing. So having that deeper level of connection is really important to our users um, and to you know the community that we're trying to facilitate. So is it still in uh, beta at the moment, Nate? Or are you still is it are we ava- is it available to download yet? It is. Uh, we need to. We've been going a little crazy. We need to update the uh, the website. But yes, it is. So you can download it on the iPhone and. Uh, if you just type in XS, um, like the letters X and S, then it'll come right up and you can download it. Yeah, is it available abroad? Because obviously I'm from the UK, I've, I've done that. Uh, is it, at the moment, are you just releasing it in the US or is it a global launch? It should be available everywhere um, from my understanding. Uh, it, it might only be in English-speaking countries. Um, because okay. we have well, that hopefully we will count our country you know we uh, invented the language so hopefully yes <laughs> you guys obviously improved upon it but uh... <laughs> I don't know if we improved upon it but we uh, we oh, certainly did something with you, it you did I mean I would love to be able to say the word dove but I mean that's another subject for another time uh, and so um, okay so yeah, it is available we can um, especially by the time this uh, goes live as a podcast uh, we'll be able to download it um, so uh, we should go to uh, did you start with uh, iPhone we did 
And what made you decide on the iPhone as the platform that you wanted to launch on? As opposed to Android? Yeah, because there's a uh, lot of people listening who are getting just totally hung up on this Android iPhone argument, which one to start with, what's the best. You know, It'd be good to understand your decision because then it can help us you know, sure. kind of make these same decisions. Sure. From a, from a technical standpoint, developing for the iPhone is a little bit easier because you're not dealing with uh, so many different phone sizes. So when you, when you have to deal with a lot of different phone sizes on the Android and you don't really know what you're going to get, you run into a little bit of trouble because you have to work with a designer to make all the designs fit those dimensions. Um, it's also just a little bit more common to find developers um, like Andrew, who's our iOS developer, to find developers who you know work with Android. Um, there aren't as many of them. So you know, it do, it doesn't really bother me either way. Um, we just wound up going with the iPhone because it it was a you know a little bit more readily available for us and and you know easier to actually design and develop for. Yeah, so, no, that's good. That, I mean, there's really- obviously a bit of a myth that you know, like uh, that everyone seems to start with iPhone, but I think it's true. I mean, it's good to hear you reinforce that it's easier to get developers. Well, uh, do, you, yeah. do you do you develop yourself? Do you, uh, Nate? Do you do, you do it? just a, just a little bit? You know, I'm focused more on the business side, um, so I work. You know, I do a lot of user experience stuff um, and design, but but not uh, not as much diving into the code. Um, so I know that a lot of developers that are out there now are learning Swift, which is a new language for iOS. Um, and we've got, you know, Android, was it five coming out? Um, so, you know, the, the other maybe less frequently talked about thing that I hope doesn't upset anyone is that, um, generally speaking, and, and these numbers have been, much more prominent as of late people on iPhone whether it's you know the demographics of people I'm not sure but people on iPhones generally spend more um, and that's become readily apparent uh, from the, the the most recent um, from the most recent numbers from both Apple and Google you know, Google has almost like twice the user base of of users Yet they spend something like almost half as much as Apple as iPhone users on the phone. So that was definitely something that was important to us as we made a decision moving forward. We want people who are going to be a little bit more willing to actually purchase items on the phone. Uh, what is that demographic of people? They're iPhone users. And so that's why we started with the iPhone. So, Nate, we have people listening to this show who are. Uh, working in cubicles and are looking for inspiration to leave their nine to five five job. And yeah. I heard you talk about one of your focuses on your business is uh, to understand the user. And given that users are on your of your app are adrenaline junkies and surfers and mountain bikers, does that mean that you're spending all your time hanging about beaches and just chatting to people using your phone? Can you give us an, an insight in what, to, what it's like to be a, a founder in a typical day for you? Sure. Um, a lot of it's done, well, so a lot of these guys tra- travel a lot. You know, one of, one of the ways we've really launched the app is actually just by, you know, talking to a lot of um, professional athletes uh, in sometimes these smaller sports like um, kiteboarding or 
or you know even mountain biking where it's a they're, they're a little bit lesser known um it's not like you're trying to get to sean white or something like that uh, who could be difficult to get to and and having a lot of those people as our as our early users so um we spend a lot of our time uh talking with people really either via Skype or email just because it's a little bit easier to do from one central location i suppose um but you you brought up something paul that's you know a really good point which is how do you um and maybe this wasn't the question that you're asking but how how do you really do some you know early user testing and getting that person to person one on one time with an app and giving somebody an opportunity to discover what it is that you're actually doing is critical, absolutely critical to your success. And being able to put a product in their hands, even if it's just wireframes, extremely basic, um, that's very, very important um, for, for any app's success so that people, you want to make sure that people actually like get it instantly. Um, and everybody has problems with that. We had problems with that. You know, one of the earlier problems that we had was uh, we really wanted to encourage people to actually swipe through the app. So the um, we, we didn't have any. This is going to sound so silly, um, but we didn't have any back arrows anywhere in the app. So we wanted to really encourage people to like move through the app in a bit more of a natural way. And especially with iOS 6, that was uh, maybe a little bit too ambitious, that, that goal. And um, people, kind of, people kind of freaked out. They, <laughs> no they, back button, huh? Yeah, you know, they didn't know. How, so what was cool about it, and, and you know, if you download the app, what's really cool is that if you press and hold anywhere in the app except for the main home screen, this little quick navigation bar comes up. So you can navigate to anywhere from anywhere in the app. Um, with this cool little quick nav, but you know nobody figured it out. Like people don't, users do not look at tutorials. They don't, they don't listen. They they're like uh, they're like infants who yeah you know, don't don't want to listen to their parents. Well, and actually, Nate, try. that's one of the common feedbacks that we get from a lot of the founders, a lot of the guests that we have on this show is that uh, the the process of user onboarding and uh, that just the fact that users do not read anything you put out there. I mean, literally, they just, even if you put some video instructions or some transparent instructions with images, they just swipe through. They want to get into the app straight away. Mm -hmm. and, and that's your experience. That is the experience. I mean, that's, that's what happens. And, and people, and, and that's why these, you know, everybody talks about, oh my God, these apps are, you know, Snapchat, $3 billion dollars you know, acquisition offer, all this stuff. That's why those things are valued so high. It's because we haven't really figured out yet as a whole how to compete for people's time in an effective way. Like if, if everybody that's listening now just thinks about like the apps that they use every day, you, you know, if you can count on more than one hand, that's impressive. And that's why those apps are so valuable because they've figured out how to onboard users. They've figured out how to um, really, you know, beat this learning curve, whatever learning curve there is, and to retain users, and those are really difficult things. So onboarding is certainly hard. 
it's definitely difficult to get people to deal with something else uh, that they haven't dealt with. And by the way, all the people that joined that didn't really get like how to move through the app, they're gone. Like that's the problem. If you open the app and you don't get it in ten seconds, goodbye. Like that's it. Yeah, we've so, had that feedback as well just a few episodes ago that uh, the, a lot of app developers seem to focus on the launch numbers. But uh, what is interesting from this, what I've learned from this podcast is that uh, that may be not the best number to focus on because it has so many people that come to the app, as you say, use it for 10 seconds and then go for and forever are gone and will never come back and revisit it. And you get one shot. Right. So um really it's, the feedback we've horrible. got is that sometimes it's better to uh, focus on getting the user onboarding as best as you can possibly get it so that when the the press comes out and the big numbers start to happen that you can onboard users and keep them uh, a lot more because you've tested it is that is that a fair comment yeah so, know, so nate how do you how do you actually uh, get feedback from uh, the users we do a lot of cold emailing you know, we have people's contact information that sign up. So we do a lot of, well, we do a lot of cold emailing to encourage people to actually use, use the app. And then we'll, we'll do, you know, emailing with, you know, our current users and just to ask for feedback. I mean, people love to give their opinion. They love to tell a story. That's what I'm doing now. And they love to tell a story. And so how have you liked, you know, using the app? What have you liked about it? What have you not? We're trying to incorporate these changes. It brings a bit more of a personal touch to a very impersonal thing. And they've gone through the trouble to download an app. They've gone to the app store. They've downloaded it. It's not like being on the web where you can just bounce around to different websites and there's no problem. So there's definitely a hurdle. So they're, they're invested in what you're doing. Um, whether they realize it or not, they're invested in what you're doing. And so when you just ask them, um, sometimes you get a great response. So you this know, is whether, invaluable whether information, Nate. This is so wonderful. I'm, uh, you're one of the first founders to talk so specifically about this type of feedback, you know, literally emailing users. And in the 115 episodes we've had, that this has never been mentioned before. And okay. so well, what, what, to I'd, love to, I'd love to drill down because I think that you're going to help out so many of the apps to tribe listening to this. Uh, do, do you sure. know offhand, like what your email is saying? How do you... You know, how do you script? Yeah, yeah, that? absolutely. Well, so I just want to, I just want to say one thing before I dive into that. There's a really great article by Paul Graham, who started Y Combinator, um, and Y Combinator is, for people who don't know, is an early stage accelerator. They basically give money and mentorship to very young companies, companies like Dropbox and Airbnb and Stripe. A lot of very big tech companies now went through Y Combinator. It's a very prestigious program. And Paul Graham wrote this great article, and it's called Do Things That Don't Scale. Do things in the early stages that do not scale. Everybody talks about scaling, scaling up. Let's build things for scale. Well, if you can't get the first 100 users or 1,000 users or 10,000 users, then all the things that you built to scale don't matter. So... Do things that don't scale. The Airbnb guys literally went door to door in New York City asking people to register their spaces on Airbnb and having a conversation with every single person going door to door. Um, that does not scale. But 
what it did do was get an initial base of of people listening their space and it gave the founders direct insight as to what people really needed for a product and what was missing in the market and that was really key to their success it doesn't scale and so for us um, the point that we're at which is still very young we're trying to do some things that don't scale and if it's something that is as simple as a very short email like hey you know John Smith I see that you've been using excess what have you liked about it so far what have you not liked where can we improve um, what features do you want that are you know that we haven't put in here yet because what you'll start to figure out is that all of your users have the answers and a lot of times they're more than willing to give them to you you just have to ask and the way that we do it is really just by you know sending a direct email to them and saying how have you liked using it and what would you improve if you could improve anything and really we just go with those two questions if you start to ask them a lot of things uh, people get sort of overloaded and they freak out a little bit um, like I can't answer like 10 questions at once um, but if you ask them those things a lot of times they'll answer um, and they'll give you something to work off of and look not everybody's gonna write back not everybody's gonna give you a productive response but there are some that, that do and you, you're just trying to create and facilitate a conversation and for all the people that are out there that are you know listening to this podcast that are thinking about starting an app or they've already started coding an app whatever it may be they're thinking about quitting their jobs or anything it's so critical to create these types of feedback loops for uh, users before you take the plunge and leave a job or before you say this app is really ready to go out and go public because what we did for a while is we used um, test flight which is a uh, deployment um, application so that you could deploy an app to up to I think a hundred people's phones um, without them having to download it on the without having to be accepted into the app store so it was really great like we could get the app into people's hands even just random users um, that we had emailed get the app into their hands what do you think like how is this working for you and getting some feedback and I, I honestly wish that we had done a lot more of that if you have the time and the the your situation you know is stable man do as much of that as you can that is like the one thing I could not kind of harp on enough that is do a golden nugget as... Nate what a wonderful piece of advice to anyone um, you know spending a lot of time up front so that then you are more likely to be successful uh, and maybe working on that part-time before leaving your job seems to be a good suggestion and uh, just in terms of uh, the apps to tribe listening to this now, if you go to theappguy.co, um, Nate has mentioned a couple of resources, uh, the Paul Graham article and Test Flight. I'll make sure that they're in the show notes. Uh, so just go to theappguy.co and search for uh, the uh, episode 115. Uh, Nate, we like to uh, ask uh, our guests uh, whether they carry a smartphone, which 
95 percent of people do <laughs> and uh, what what uh, apps get you through the day uh, apart from obviously the one that you're working on now uh, is there, uh, are there any other apps that you could recommend uh, in terms of helping us be more productive or having more fulfilled lives okay that is a loaded question here paul I'm going to open up my phone right now. So, well, so one app that I do use a lot in terms of productivity, um, which I, I, you know, there I'm sure there are a lot of them, but I, I'm not a huge fan of the the um, Apple Calendar app. So there are a lot of great alternatives. Um, I use one called Week Cal. Um, I just I, I think it's a much better calendar resource. Like I live and die by, by the calendar. Everything is in the calendar. It just um, you know that in terms of productivity that's like one of the things that i can highly highly recommend for people that they use week cal or any other calendar resource and use some sort of task management system um we use asana at work um those those things and the reason why i do them is that you know a lot of people will say well you know i have a good memory and and i don't forget those things and it's like great that's true um you know that may be true, but if you can offload that brain power in terms of thinking of that, it will just take a big load off of everything that you're thinking about because you're not trying to balance so many different things at once. So, calendar task management systems like task management tools like Asana, um, I definitely use. Um, you know, I use things like Evernote. Um, those are that's great for. You know, you think of something and you just want to jot it down. It's cloud-based, obviously, so it syncs across all of your devices. Um, in terms of other like kind of cool things that I've seen lately, um, I really like, and maybe this is just in San Francisco or the Bay Area right now. There's an app called. There's a couple of food apps that I'm actually really big on. One is called Spoon Rocket, um, and then the other one's called Sprig. So Spoon Rocket and Sprig, uh, they'll both deliver you lunch in like, no joke, five or ten minutes. Um, <laughs> wow. So it's this hyper-local service, and it's great. It's good food. It's reasonably priced. Um, I think it's really cool. I think it's very disruptive to the model of, um, you know, especially for people that work in, you know, urban areas that you have to, you know, not that it's a problem. It's very nice to walk outside and get get lunch and do whatever. Um, but sometimes you get a little tired of your choices. So you know these guys a lot of times do the work for you. Yeah, I know that Sprig right. has spent a lot of money on that, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, get it in a few years. You know, outside of uh, the big new, uh, cities in the U.S. But yeah, that, that's something I really can't wait for. You know, home cooked warm food within ten minutes of uh, ordering it. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's almost really, like the Uber for food. It is, and that's what they're trying to do. And and I wouldn't be surprised if Uber picked up some of those companies at some point. Yeah, I, th um, I think that's going to happen, isn't it? Because we're getting very used to now just basically uh, having the phone know our location, clicking a button, and getting whatever it is we need uh, delivered to us, or or, or there on the yeah. or, uh, where we happen to be, rather than you know at home. So uh, that that's yeah. good. Well, it's really this hyper hyper local logistics operation that these guys are figuring out. So. Um, so there's the, those are kind of food. Those are the food apps that I actually use quite frequently. And then, you know, everybody uses the Facebook, uh, Instagram. Um, you know, I don't use Twitter that often. Um, 
I will to tweet about this this podcast though. Don't worry. About it. And, um, <laughs> well, I don't use Twitter either. I mean, I use Tweetbot, which has changed my Twitter experience, and I talk about okay. that on this show. Uh, otherwise, the 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 native app for Twitter is pretty overwhelming. You can get just inundated with uh, spam. Yes. yes, I get that. Um, I definitely get that. And the only other app that I've used that I think is actually quite comical um, because of its simplicity is an app called Yo. Have you heard of this? Have <laughs> yeah. you heard this app, Paul? It's really getting a lot of press right now. So you are actually yeah. using it, are you? I use Yo. Do you use Yo? I, you know, I'm going to... Because you've mentioned it now, I thought it was a stupid app, and I've I've, I've decided stupid. not to use it. But I'm going to download it and start using it. It is stupid, but it's it's hilarious. I, I I'm actually thinking, Nate, that you've given me an idea. I might start a podcast called Yo and just communicate using the word Yo all through the, the entire interviews. See if we Stephen see Colbert, how we get on. Stephen Colbert did a piece on that. Um, and he has an entire conversation with somebody, and, and all they say is "yo." <laughs> it's already um, been done. Oh dear, it's quite funny. Um, <laughs> but but so this should I explain what this app is? Yeah, please do. I mean, I obviously know it, but and for anyone who maybe has missed the press, uh, yeah, tell us what, oh, what it does. It's so silly. As we're as we're speaking, I'm just yoing some people right now. Um, so so yo app. Um, and and you have to be very careful when you explain what Yo app is because people don't believe you. So, Yo app is an app called Yo, Y O, and literally all it does is it will search in your contacts to see who else has the Yo app, and then when you press somebody's name in the app, it sends them a push notification that just says Yo, and then they can send you a push notification back, and all it says is Yo. So. You literally have a list of friends and you push their name and then it says yo. That's it. It's like the silliest, most basic app. And it was actually made as an April Fool's joke. Um, but I think it's got some yo. serious backing now though, hasn't it? It's got uh, quite a, a Yeah, they raised money. like a million bucks. Mm. And, you know, we I'm sure uh, when Twitter first came out, you know, I mean, blogging was uh, becoming huge and uh, people were just basically laughing Twitter away, saying, who on earth uh, wants to send a microblog or something with 140 characters? Right. So we can't be too dismissive. And, you know, when they sell themselves no, for can. 140, uh, for 14 billion or whatever, they, they yeah. <laughs> will be, uh, well, I'm sure we'll be playing back this podcast and listening to me yeah, laughing yeah. at this thing. Look, the the app we might think is you, you you have to understand some a lot of things that are that are deeper than just what we see on the surface. So the app just sends a notification that says "Yo," but they did something cool for the World Cup. So, like for example, you can send a "Yo" message to World Cup on "Yo," and every time there's a goal that's scored, they'll send you a notification that says "Yo." You know that's kind of interesting. Um, it, it'd be kind of interesting. Maybe it's it may maybe it's a geofencing play, where you know if you hit a certain geofence and um, you enter a certain area and you know like a food truck that you really like is there, maybe it sends you a yo. 
Um, you know, I think well, it could save some lives because uh, how many people are, you know, texting secretly, you know, holding their phone down uh, in the dashboard and trying to type some stuff. I mean, it's going to be a lot easier just to send a yo to somebody. You know, it's literally one click of a button. So it might uh, it might yeah, stop maybe. all these secret, uh, you know, people tweeting or DMing each other, you know, whilst on the road driving. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I hope so. It, it, the, the reason why I bring it up and, and the reason why I think that it's interesting is that it is so simple. It's so simple. And if we took a, like, a, a, you know, almost an academic approach to looking at these different apps that work, that have gotten traction, they all share specific things. Um, I think there are a lot of layers of addiction that these apps share that I'm happy to talk about if you'd like to, but they all share a, a, a very important layer of simplicity, and that's something that we've struggled with, but um, they really share a, a very key you know, component of simplicity, and Yo is almost as simple as an app could get. You can't really do that much. Um, just like you couldn't really do that much with Twitter in early days. So it's, it's you know, whether it pans out or not, you know, I, I'm not going to be the, the judge of that. Um, the, the Yo app is a very good, um, it's a very good example of something that was done very quickly and very simply and has worked to some extent. So there's something that we can certainly learn from it. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we are going to run over here with the podcast. And I think that's good because there's so much interesting stuff coming out. I think the two things I want to finish off with is one, I guess, picking up on this point of simplicity. And, and there is two schools of thought currently going on. Uh, apps should be simple and uh, apps have actually got into trouble by making themselves too simplistic and removing a lot of the features that fans love. And then they get the, the you know, the reviews and uh, they sure. get the, the lower ratings because they're removing features. Uh, right. And and I guess then, you know, there is this argument as maybe we need to streamline these apps and then separate them into new apps like Google have done with Google Drive and that which has now got Google Docs and Google uh, Excel, or, sorry, Google spreadsheets. Right. So, yep. what well, do you have a viewpoint on uh, stripping down and creating uh, multiple versions? So, well, um, you know, one, one one thing that's helpful that there are different resources, um, and let me see if I can actually pull it up really quickly. Um, a B testing is. Yeah, so there's one, they're, they're actually in Y Combinator called Taplytics. Um, we haven't used them, but they look pretty cool. Um, it's Tap, T-A-P-L-Y-T-I-C-S, taplytics.com. Um, and so it's mobile A-B testing. And I can't stress that type of stuff enough. Um, and really, really, it's a problem of that I wish Apple would fix, but it's really a problem on their end, right? If you have a native application, unless that app is in HTML5, um, which means that it's going to be running more slowly anyway, um, unless it's in HTML5, 
you will not be able to test a lot of different uh, you know, features or products or roll that out to a specific group of people. You can't do it. And and you know, that's just the way that it goes. Um, if everybody remembers, Facebook for a long time had an HTML5 app. Um, apparently, uh, you know, even though it was slow, they were supposedly A B testing, if you could even call it A B testing, but they were testing, you know, hundreds of different you know, features and uh, differences between small differences between the apps um, for very specific groups of people, and they got really scientific about it. Um, and I think that it helped them a lot, but uh, they couldn't do that anymore once it became a native application. Once it was written in Objective C, um, and so that's that's definitely a tough hurdle. What I would encourage people to do um, is to have a conversation with people. That's what we talked about earlier. I mean, they're, they're your users. You can talk to them. They're real people. Um, have a conversation with them and ask them. Um, because the, the beauty of that is that they might tell you something that you never thought of and that just like makes total sense. Um, and that's how a lot of times you can get features through that you either didn't think of or that you thought were, you know, really silly that didn't really matter. Um, like here, here's a good example from, from my, my learnings. When we launched the app, the biggest piece of feedback that people had, which just blew me away, the biggest piece of feedback, if they logged in with Facebook, we would just, you know, suck in their Facebook app or their Facebook profile photo. And we didn't have the functionality to change your photo at the beginning. And that was the biggest piece of feedback that we got from people. Like, I want to change my profile photo. Not, I don't know how to get around the app or, you know, my uploading isn't working. Like, how can I change my profile photo? It was so funny. Um, and that just came about from talking to people. And that was the first thing that we changed in the next version. That's interesting because that is bringing us full loop around and the constant theme coming back from this chat with you, Nate, is the importance of listening and engaging with your users, something that I guess we can all learn from because uh, we can really uh, get these insights that we would never have thought that, you know, as someone who is coming new and fresh to the app, I'm sure that that wouldn't have been as a high priority, but you heard it from your users and then you decided to, I guess, change that feature. So uh, what what a wonderful yeah. theme to come out of this podcast. Uh, you've inspired me. You've inspired, I'm sure, no doubt, a lot of people listening. How can we best reach out to you, Nate? How how best can we connect with you? Um, I'm on Twitter, uh, Nate Mahalovich, which is a lot, of, that, that's a long username, but it's Nate, N-A-T-E, Mahalovich, M as in Mary, I-H-A-L, O-V as in Victor, I-C-H. Um, you can send me an email, nate at xsapp.co. More than happy to uh, answer any you know, follow-up or direct questions. Um, you know, We're always looking for new, fresh ideas, people to learn from, thoughts. If you have any feedback on the app, we'd love to hear it. So, yeah, you know, email, Twitter. It's been wonderful talking to you. Time is running out on us, so unfortunately, we've got to say goodbye. But uh, you're welcome back okay, well, anytime. And uh, yeah, wonderful guest. And as I say in all the episodes uh, that I've done on this, uh, there's some really 
fantastic content coming out there that we can actively use to improve upon our businesses as app developers. So Nate, thank you for joining us on the App Guy podcast. I wish you every success with uh, your app and uh, I no doubt that you're going to be getting a lot of other apps coming out of your business. And yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Paul. I really appreciate it. This was uh, very fun. Very fun. So if anybody anybody has any questions, just shoot me an email or or tweet and we'll be more than happy to chat. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast 